all yours whenever you are ready. All righty, I guess we just take it right now. I'm ready. All right, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Glass Half Sports. Glad to have you. Today is April 21st. We are in episode 45, just seven episodes shy of being at this thing for an entire year's worth of episodes. How crazy is that, Mike? It's crazy. It's flown by. It has absolutely flown by. I am glad to have you guys all with us for today's show. I am on half of your hosting duties, Nick Huffman. As always, joined by our resident quarterback, Mike Mensing. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Uh, Weather's actually starting to look like spring, finally, instead of late November. Hopefully, that means that some of our teams can warm up with the weather instead of playing like shit. With our shitty weather that we've had yes, to sir. start the year, because it has been a long haul to sunshine in and Minnesota just lately. just like that, we're on late night. There you go. Speaking of late night, Mike, uh, if they like the show, where can they go ahead and find us? Yeah, guys, like always, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, YouTube. And if you want to catch us on cable, you yep. can catch us on cable Saturday nights on MCN6 at 10 p.m. Absolutely. And for the live show, folks, by the way, this is a live show where you can comment in. We like to interact with you guys throughout the show, so make sure you head on over to Notoriety Sports Network where the live stream is at and comment in throughout the show, and we'll be able to see them, and Gabe will put them up, and then we'll respond to any of your ridiculous questions or you trashing Mike's takes or whatever the, whatever the case may be. So, Mike, why don't you tell the folks what we are going to be talking about today? Yeah, guys, like always, we do have a big show for you today. Uh, we're going to kick it off by talking uh, some Twins baseball. And then after that, we do have our card giveaway that Ooh. we're going to do this week. We forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then we're going to do our weekly Wild Wolf Watch as the Wild are approaching the postseason. So close. Um, and then we have a topic called Hot Corner. Yeah. A little bit of a two-minute drill through a few moves and stories around all of sports. Around all of sports. Internationally, we are now say, reporting on stuff outside of the country. <laughs> and then we have uh, our mock draft that we have to finish up. That's going to be picks 23 through 32 in preparation of next week's NFL draft. Yeah, and if you stick around before that segment, the announcements that we teased last week about us being up to some big stuff, we're going to give you the payoff right before that segment starts. So don't go anywhere. Go ahead and feel free to guess on what it might be in the comments. If you're right, maybe there's something in it for you. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? But uh, we can lead off with our Twins Talker. Uh, Mike, it has been a Rough stretch at the plate for the Twins to get the season started here. What are your thoughts about uh, the series with Boston and the first couple of games here with Kansas City? Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because this is not what I was expecting the Twins to come out with. Um, I was actually expecting the complete opposite. I was expecting the bats to be hot for us to have some run production and yeah. lose games seven to eight. Um, so it's actually very encouraging to me, to be honest. So yes, we're sitting at four and eight. It hasn't been a great start. Um, but we have had a murderer's row as far as a beginning of a season. Lots of 90-win teams from last year. Um, and the contact and velocity that we're hitting the ball with is very encouraging. Oh, um, so you're getting into the analytics of barrel rate and stuff. Yeah, huh? actually, uh, I saw a friend of the show, Nash Walker's tweet, actually, that explained basically the statistics that we have. Um, I think it's like average velocity off the barrel is like second or third in the American League right now. But then the batting average is second to worst. Yeah. So those two numbers together just don't exactly make sense, and they will even out. Yes. Um, we'll start getting the offensive production, but it's actually very encouraging to me to see us holding um, holding teams to a decent amount of run production defensively. Yeah. Uh, that we can hopefully overtake 
here once our bats do wake up, hopefully with the warm weather. For me, the struggle is you can't afford, and you, you were kind of talking about the law of averages between exit velocity and batting average, right? Well, for a team that law of average-wise, prediction-wise, wasn't supposed to have a very good pitching rotation, I think that this is a total negative because you can't waste the hot starts of certain pitchers because I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, are you going to get this version of Bundy all season? Probably not. Are you going to get this version of Chris Archer all season? Probably not. So the fact that you're not taking advantage of those situations when they're given to you, like last night, we give up two runs and we score none. Right. That is unacceptable for a team that is already looking at being the probably least likely team or most likely team to sneak into a wild card spot. Those are games that you can't give away early in the year. So this is actually an, a different tweet that I saw, or different than the tweet that I saw from Nash Walker, but this one here that Gabe has displayed on the screen. Uh, hard to believe the Minnesota Twins offense leads the AL in hard hit rate, 42.7%, and ranks second in average exit velocity at 89.8. They're also the third best team in ERA right now in the American League, and we're 4-8. and eight. Right. That's I mean, trouble. Yeah, it's it's baseball. Honestly, that's that's why baseball is a game for sure. You have to play a seven game series. Yeah, because you can be hitting the ball ninety miles an hour off the bat, and it's screaming right at the shortstop. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. You hit the ball hard. Um, I I think that this is a perfect example of why our show is called Glass Half Sports. True. I'm seeing these statistics and thinking of it optimistically. Yeah, we're four and eight, but the bats will catch up to the pitching and we'll be just fine. You're saying it's actually glass half empty. This pitching can't last. It will probably regress at some point. I, I would I would agree with you that it would regress at at, at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't believe that we have the third best rotation in the in the American League. No. <laughs> but I don't think we have the worst either. I don't think it's as bad as people think. I also have been encouraged by what I've seen out of Bundy and Archer up to this point. Well, and I think Joe Ryan rebounded very well and showed some maturity for a young player. Against a very good lineup. Right. Um, you know, maybe some of the sleeper picks are paying off. You know, Paddock looked okay in his first start. You know what I mean? Like there's some... He had some good movement too. That's what I that's what was encouraging to me is his pitches were moving. Right. And Duran has looked good out of the bullpen. My point is the more film that teams have the worse it's going to be. Like, I would assume this is their ceiling. Now, can they touch this multiple times throughout the year? Yes. But when this happens, you need to be able to squeeze out three runs a game. Your team is has an, an ERA right now of 2.96. All you need is three, three runs a game and you would be undefeated. And we're not even producing that with Carlos Correa, Jorge Polanco, and Miguel Sano still in the lineup. And Byron Buxton has been in all but like three of these games. For a team that is expected to be, you know, kind of a, a juggernaut or a sleeper team at the plate, I, it draws some concerns. It's 162 game season, so I'm not going to get too far outside of, you know, or falling one way or the other. But it's it's it start. I don't want to see this start a trend that we then can't rebound from because we've already talked about it. You get off to a sluggish start like this, and you let a team like Detroit, who seems like it's ahead of schedule, in Chicago, who is going to be good this year you let them begin to run away with the the, the season you get to the all-star break and now you're like do we trade Correa well now you've impacted what's going to happen for you next year right. by not being able to get off to a good start this year I, I think it's it's not early enough to hit 
or not late enough to hit the panic mode just yet. No. But I think this next week is vital. We're four and eight right now. If we drop to four and twelve, like worry. We're screwed a little bit. Yeah. Dude. That's that's tough to rebound from in, unless you're looking at a long win streak. Yeah. Which I don't see this team pulling off because our rotation is spotty at best. Right. Um Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I, I don't think we're in a great spot, but I don't think we're in as bad of a spot as a lot of Twins fans think either. Right. I think just relax. R-E-L, yeah. R-E-L-A-X, relax. Start hitting the ball, please. Like just maybe move everybody, on to Miguel Sano. Every, yeah. I, I, I think that's a potential option. Now, before we get to next week's schedule, we're going to do what we, we got to do top twin. We got to do our top twin. So every week, me and Mike are picking a, a Twins player that has performed above expectation or really well for the team. And we're going to give them a little bit of an honor here on Glass Half Sports. Last week, I had Gary Sanchez and you had um was it bucky i think you I did yeah week? you did have buxton before the injury he'll be back here in the next couple of games uh who do you have for this week's top twin there, i'm actually gonna say joe ryan okay um just the mental fortitude come to come back from a week first start two week ish yeah, starts right and and what did he pitch seven innings i think of three hit ball or something like that like, yeah was the joe ryan that we were expecting him to be and hoping for him to be this season um against a good offensive lineup like you said so i'm gonna give it to him I'm going to give it to another pitcher. I am going to go ahead and give it to Dylan Bundy. I'm going to read off some stats for you that will impress you. Right now, he has a .87 ERA, a .68 whip, and batters are hitting 168 against him, and he's 2-0. He is the ace of the Twins rotation through this point in the season. Agreed. And he's the only one that they seem to want to hit behind. So I think all the honors in the world should go to that guy who, when they picked him up, everybody was scratching their heads going, is this really what we're going to do with our pitching rotation this year? You know what? Dylan Bundy said, hell yes. Yes, this is exactly (laughs) what we're going to do. Like if I don't think he can sustain this, but even if he regresses to something, a a step below this, you're looking at a guy who could be a Cy Young contender. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself on that either. Yeah, we're 12 games in, but. If he steps back one or two steps and that ERA goes to 2-9 and his whip stays at one and batters hit 250, he could win 15 games. Well, and that's the thing, too, is there's a lot of variables that go into statistics, um, but it's such a long season. So if you start your season off well, that's going to help your statistics throughout the entirety of the season, right? Yeah. Um Gabe's got a Gabe's got an article pulled up on screen for us. I don't know if you guys can see it in the t- the title of the article says The Sleeper Dylan Bundy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 2021 stats 6.06 ERA. So, a little bit different uh this year different thus tune. far. And that well, that's why they signed him. They thought that they had seen something in him towards the end of his season last season and what they had seen with him in the past that would allow him to you know, kind of regain form. Well, it looks like he's throwing his fastball a lot less than what he was used to. Yeah. Because his velocity on his fastball has dropped. So so those are our top twins I mean, for the it, week. That's that's the thing about pitchers, man, is you can be really good at 24, and then you can be god-awful for five years because you're trying to replicate what you had, and then you find a breaking ball, and then you're pretty good for two years, <laughs> and then you have to, you know, it's it's interesting. So It is. It is definitely interesting. Let us know what you guys think in the comments who the top twin would be. I almost gave honors back to Gary Sanchez with how he's been hitting the ball. I think he's still pretty impressive, but let us know in the comment section below who you guys have as the best twins player over the last week, and we will get back to you here on the show or in the comments afterwards, as always. And then we got to take a look at the games that we have coming up, some inter, some division-level games that I think will be uh, of importance for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, so we finish up uh the series the three game series with the royals today uh trying to prevent the sweep 
Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really nice to just get one there, right? Yeah. Um, and then tomorrow evening we start a three-game series with the White Sox. I think it's you got to win at least one there, yep. if not two, to be honest, um, because you are sitting behind the eight ball. And then on Tuesday we start a three-game series again with Detroit. Who is their pitching rotation looks better than expected. Baez looks really comfortable in Detroit. Um, as well, I know Gabe cringes every time I mention Javier Baez not in a Cubs uniform. Um, but what do you think the uh, expectation should be against a very, very tough Chicago team and a Detroit team that is playing above its waterline right now? Well, kind of like what we said with the Twins, Detroit's going to return to normalcy hopefully. a little bit. Um, hopefully that happens against us, right? So I'm going to say you have to you have to win at least one in Chicago. Yeah. Or versus Chicago, if not two, and win that series. Because you're sitting behind the eight ball now. Detroit is a weaker team. I think your expectation, your floor is to win two of those three games, if not sweep them. You got to go 500 here. That's uh, to so tread yeah, water. Two against Detroit and one against Chicago. That's three and three. <laughs> uh, my mom asks, when will Carlos Correa's average break 200? That is a great question. I, a hitter of his caliber, I assume at some point will find a rhythm. Um, I've always heard for baseball players that somewhere between 150 and 200 at bats is where it, what that, what their average is in the 150 to 200 range is what you're going to see from them for the rest of the season. I think it's a little early to worry about him being some atrocious hitter all year. Um, but let's but keep in seeing mind him near the Mendoza line is, it's not great. It's yeah. frustrating in the least. Right. So we do believe that he's going to turn it around, turn around, be near the 300 mark again. He hits really well at target field. And now that the weather has warmed up, I actually would not be surprised to see him catch a little bit of rhythm in these next two series. Yeah. So it's um, tough to swing it inside pitches when it's 30 degrees outside. They hurt your hands, man. Um, so yeah, I think 300 is where you need to be to at least keep pace. Like I said, I think the formula for the twins all season long is if you're taking it Thursday to Thursday, kind of like how we look at it, try to be 500 or at least one better yeah, every, every week. single week. Um, and this is going to be a tough time to do that with Chicago, but in the division, as long as you're not falling behind, it's not something that's absolutely terrible. Gabe's got a question for you. Is Target Field considered a hitter's park or a pitcher's park? I think it depends on what time of year you're playing at Target Field. I think it depends righty-lefty as well, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That right field wall, it's a little shorter, but it's also taller. Yes. I've seen plenty of balls carom off that Judison out that, like, as well. That granite wall? Yes. Um, but I feel like if you're a righty, it's somewhat of a hitter's park. That porch isn't that deep, is it? No, it's not field? all that deep. I think, like I said, I think it really does dictate on weather. The ball jumps off the bat in July, in July, August. in August, and sometimes even late June. But outside of that, uh, you see a lot of deep fly balls to center field, left center, right center, balls that, that stop on the warning yep. track uh, and things like that. So give, take your point, pick your point. So I yes, guess. Gabe. Yes. That's yes. What, yeah, no, truly, that's what I was thinking back here. I'm like, I feel like it's totally undefined. Like, it, yes. it can be either one. And I, and I think the righty-lefty thing more. does matter mm -hmm. because, I mean, you look at Yankee Stadium. Well, that where, where they have giant lefty power, and then their right field fence is also 40 feet in to the next closest stadium. So, folks, if you, before we get, and I don't want to get on too large of a tangent here, there is an account on Twitter called Would That Dong, yep. and Gabe, don't make any yes. jokes about this. It tracks home runs hit in Yankee Stadium and lets it you know how many. Runs, it tracks every single home run hit every day. Every day. And it will tell you how many major league ballparks that would be out of. The Yankees had five or six home runs last week 
that would have only gone out in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I, I would never make a joke like that because it would make me look like such a cock. <laughs> would that dong? Yes. yes All right. So with that, everybody, let us know your comments and thoughts about the Minnesota Twins or your favorite MLB baseball team. Heck, it doesn't even have to be an MLB team. If your favorite team is the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, let us know. Yeah, we're, we're talking professional baseball. St. Paul Saints. Yep. You Send know? us your beer league softball highlight tape. Yeah, do it. We won't post it, but we'll enjoy watching it. We'll, oh, we'll watch we it here watch on the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. And with that, we're going to switch gears to our card giveaway contest. Uh, Look, I gonna, remembered to put the ball on the table. We did. This week. We're going to open two packs again two today. Packs. And then we're actually also going to draw two names today. Yes. And those two names get to pick any card out of the two packs today. Or those cards over there or up there. Or any of the cards that here. we've opened in the past few weeks as well. So there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of sweet cards right now. Um, which would you like to do first? Would you like to do the packs or well, draw the names? I'll open the packs while you go through the abbreviated version of the rules because that has tended to be a little bit lengthy. And then we'll draw for names. All right. Abbreviated cool. version of the rules. Any social media that you find yourself on, you yes. must share the video and or clip of us unveiling the cards. And then you must comment or with your status update, whatever it is, the card that you would like to win. So we have a record of the card that's going to go to you if you win. Anything other than that, that was kind of sweet. Anything other than that, uh, just comment in if you have any questions. But basically just share, post the name of the player card that you would like to win. Is that it? Damn straight. Cool. All right. So it was a lot quicker this week. There we go. Uh, Gabe's got us all zoomed in so we can start. Uh, We got a... DeGrom card from the Mets. Andrew Vaughn from the Sox. And by the way, we should throw out, this is 2020 or 2021 Bowman's Best set, which are really like really high quality cards. They are very nice. What are the chase cards? Is there anything like big, big in this you can think of? Yeah, actually, if you go to our Instagram, I I posted them um, like the, there's a Spencer Torkelson card. There's a Mike Trout burner card that's in there that's autographed. They're some really good cards. Um, in these i know vlad guerrero there's an austin martin card that's in there as well so always great inserts and stuff too yes. right yep and, like we're gonna get to one right here yeah and we should say unlimited shares guys oh yeah oh, that's right. unlimited no... shares over any social media so here we go here's one of those inserts right here this is a spencer torkelson masterpiece card that's that we cool got card. these are cool i like this set Ooh, a future vibrance carlos olamanzara i don't even know how to pronounce that last name Keep rolling here. Austin, the Rays. Austin Hendricks for the Reds. J.D. Martinez, Red Sox. He's still playing. He is still playing. Oh, there we go. He's a he's a prospect. Yep. Christian Page from the Atlanta Braves. Look hey. Alex Kirloff, Minnesota yeah. Twins card for you Minnesota locals. Right there. Oh, we, we pulled it. There's the Mike Trout burner card right there. No way. Oh, my God. No freaking no way. way. Wow. That is dope. So uh, what would someone have to do to get that? Share their fucking heads up. Yeah. I was going to say, so this, this is a card. card worth, Nick? We do, you, will, do you know? We'll look it up. I'll I, look it up. I'm, I want to buy it from the fan who, who gets it. Wow. Okay. That so That is so dope. So- like Mike said, if you would like to win this Mike Trout burner card from the 2021 Bowman's Best Set, go to any of our social media channels where this card will be posted along with the clip. Share, like, and comment 
the card you'd like to win, which I would assume in this instance is going to be the Mike Trout card. You're a moron if you don't want the Mike <laughs> Trout card. Yeah, and you can share as many times as you'd like, which gives you unlimited entries, and then we'll draw for this card next week. And then the last card in the pack is a Screw him. Christian Yelich card. <laughs> which is also a sweet card. It but is, it's, but it's, it's not a great shadow. Not a great so card when cool. you're following the Mike Trout burner card. Right. So. All right, folks, yet another great pack from Bowman's Best. Oh, my gosh. And I'm stoked to see who wins the match. I'm going to enter. Uh, I, I don't think we can. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sick about this. That's I, I mean, awesome. That is so cool. I've that's never actually, awesome. like, I've never had luck pulling cards like that, you know? So that's, that's super cool. I am super stoked about this. All right. Well, Mike, now this one is off. We'll save this one for next week. Any of the other cards can be drawn. Well, yeah, because they haven't commented. Yeah, they haven't commented. Trout, in. Right. All right. Uh, so, two names, and we will reach out to you on social. You pick one, I'll pick one. Trying to be as unbiased as possible here. First winner. It's this know. person, but Nick's writing is difficult. Ooh, this is, uh, oh, Weedle Knievel. He is from Instagram. Weedle Knievel. Yes. Congratulations, Weedle Knievel. Yep, so we'll get him one. That's and an then awesome name. John underscore San John from Instagram as well. Both of you have won uh, any of the cards that you'd see displayed here or in the background. We've got them posted all on our Instagram. Um, so we'll reach out to you via social and figure out which card you'd like to take home. And then next week, make sure you re-enter. So you can take home this Mike Trout card. Yeah, and be a friend, tell a friend, and tell that friend to share uh, for the chance at the Mike Trout card. That's right. Uh, I looked it up real quick. Gabe, did you find a price on that at all? Um, I haven't been looking at because I've been texting my friends who collect baseball <laughs> cards that they better be sharing this goddamn show. Because I got it used. The only number that I can find is used, and okay. it doesn't have a rating on it at all, and that's 60 it. bucks. Yeah, that's, wow. it's just an awesome card. I'm so jealous. It just and all me. you guys have to do is share a video. Yeah, what's that's it's it? Pretty simple. What's a card shop that we'd want to defer people? You know, for the people who who don't think they can win. You know, just maybe maybe it's a good opportunity for a card shop to possibly sponsor this little show. You know, we have been in talks with Triple Diamond Sports Cards in uh, Burnsville, oh. Bloomington, technically. I and like pop culture archive in uh, Brooklyn ooh, Center. Too, that's or, another good yeah. one. That's Gosh, another good one. So Bloomington many. has a uh, uh, three star sports. Um, they've got a, they've got a good shop as well. Um, but yeah, this show would appreciate and could probably benefit from having you know somebody along for the ride for some of these things. Don't you think Mike? Definitely. Yeah. So um, excited to be able to give this away next week. Congratulations to the winners. We can go ahead and move on to our next topic. Mike, what do we got? Yeah. As you kind of get, Everything's squared away over there. We're going to move into Wild Wolf Watch. Yes, sir. Uh, we're going to take on the Minnesota Wild first. Yeah. As per usual. Um, and the Wild, man. Uh, I think the biggest news since the last time that we met with everybody is that they have now officially clinched a playoff spot. And it's looking more and more like we're going to have home ice advantage. Which I love. First round of the playoffs as and, well. And that's going to be important because I, I've... I worry about our, I worry about the physicality, man. I, I continue to watch us play against the Blues, which is looking like we're going to have to run into them in the playoffs at some point. And they just have our number 
when it comes to playing physical hockey. And I don't, and I, I am even starting to worry if that is an even bigger advantage for them because of how much they've outplayed us during the regular season in a series. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, but at the same time, I just look at the two styles of play and I'm curious which one is harder to maintain over seven games. Um, Obviously, if you're a speed team and you get banged up, you're going to be the, thus you're going to be slower, which is harder to maintain. Yeah. But if you're a big bruising team and you have to play games every other night against the same team, that also drains on you. Yes. That's not easy. That's not an easy type of hockey to play. It's not. Um. So I think the longer, if we did match up with the Blues, which is looking like we're gonna, gonna, I think the longer the series, the more advantageous it is to us, actually. To wear them out with speed. Well, and... that and we have two really good goalies that are going to be, in my opinion, probably almost flipping off. Yeah, I would assume. I would assume uh, come playoff time, Mark Andre Fleury is going to be standing on his head uh, to try to get himself another Stanley Cup. And if Talbot can continue what he's been doing, like it's going to be tough to score on us. It will be for sure. Um, the team has played well around them. They're taking everybody else out. It, I don't think it's a major, you know, cause for concern. The team is obviously really talented right now. Um, and, and my only question now, and me and you have deba debated this a few times with the talent that they have with the limited window that you have with Mark Andre Fleury, knowing that we're probably going to have to lose either Fiala or Dumba in the upcoming season, based on some of the other contracts that we've signed, if we get bounced in the first round of the playoffs in true Minnesota sports fashion, and especially Minnesota wild fashion, is this season a bust? I don't necessarily think that the season is a bust okay? because my expectation all year was make, make sure you make the playoffs. And I understand that we've had this discussion before that you think that expectations <laughs> should change. But with the young core that we have and trading away our veteran leadership last year, yep. the goal this year was to be competitive and hope for a playoff spot. Yep, Getting a home ice advantage is a bonus so yes even though we would get bounced in the first round we gain that experience we come back and we even if we lose fiala or dumba we come back with a very similar core that's one year older with a little bit more experience what i think it is if we get bounced in the first round the flurry trade is a bust that i would agree with and a mistake i don't i, I don't think you can go as far as call it a mistake because i think based on the but talent if you get bounced in the first round what did it matter now you just lost the younger goalie true Let's do it again. Yeah, I was going to say I'd bring him <laughs> I back. I think it really depends on I think it depends on that first series. I think it does. I also and the other thing is and I know people are worried about losing Fiala. If we do lose Fiala, I think Matt Boldy's ready to set, step up uh, in his played, place he's as well. Played very well. And who's the kid from earlier in this uh Marco Rossi yep. will also probably be ready by next season. So again, this part of me agrees. Team. Part of me agrees with you, part of me doesn't. I think it's going to it's it's a wait and see. You know, I agree that the first that first series is going to be massive for the future of wild hockey. I my my opinion changes slightly though because we were in the first round last year, and I just want to see regardless of if we traded away veteran talent. I was going to say Zach Parisi was a staple in that first round. I would like to see us get out of the first round. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. And then we could be like yeah, that successful season. Don't get me wrong. I am hoping the Wild get out of the first round, second round third round like Cup. make a push yes it would be absolutely great for the state of minnesota yeah let alone the young talent that we have that is for sure coming back on contract next year i just i think that that's where my opinion is if we do get bounced in the first round we have to look at the chips that we threw all in for this year 
and how that maybe we should have taken that conservative three-year window thing that we have debated about. Yeah. I think it depends. I, if you win it all this year, great move. You're a genius. Yes. If you get bounced in the first round, you're a goat. Or you know what I mean? Scapegoat. Scapegoat. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. Um, let's see the schedule for the upcoming week. Gabe, do you have that for us? Bingo. There we go. Uh, as always, Mike firmly planted in the past uh, as we just wrapped up. Did we beat Vancouver last night? Um, we. I believe we did. Yeah. Play Vancouver today. Oh. Yeah, Vancouver is today. Sorry. Uh, so tonight we will square off against Vancouver at home. You're living then, so far in the future, man. <laughs> and then we have Seattle uh, at home on a back-to-back. Then we get a day off. We go to Nashville, Nashville. Uh, for an away game. That should be a good one. Then we have a day off again, come home, play Arizona. That should be a win. Uh, and then we will see you guys actually before and during the Cal- the uh, Calgary Flames game. Yeah. Um, so. Mike, what is your expectation for the four games that we have coming up? Three at home, one on the road. Yeah, I'm going to say three wins for sure. And those fall at home against Vancouver, Seattle, and Arizona. If we can get a point in Nashville, it's huge. Yeah. Um, We just have to maintain pace at getting that home ice because we're not going to catch Colorado. No. Um, I think it's mathematically impossible for us to catch Colorado at this point. They're scary good. Yeah, they are. It's it's. They're almost at 300 goals this year. Which is, is it insane. almost their cup to lose? Yes, no, because playoffs, playoff hockey is a just a different animal. Like yeah. literally, the rules are almost different as far as like what they call and how you play overtime. Right. Um, I think we need to win against Vancouver. Seattle's, I'm sorry, kind of a cakewalk. <laughs> They're an um, upstart team. Leave them alone. Yeah, it's fine. But you're an expansion team, so you're going to get treated like an expansion team. Yeah. They just doomed uh, us. <laughs> they have an upstart logo. Like, let's be real. It's actually kind of sweet. It does look like a logo you made yourself on, on an NHL 22, though. Yep. Um, Nashville is a very similar story to the Blues. Physical team does seem like they kind of have our number. So if we can get a point there, that would be great. Um, Arizona, I don't see as a threat. Me either. Um, Arizona... I'm wondering why they still have a hockey team at times. So I would agree with you three and one, try to keep it as close as possible against the playoff caliber team that you'll be facing on the road in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, two of our next four games are against the last place teams in the central and Pacific division. But what have we always said? What do you do to bad teams, Mike? Blow them out. Don't beat play them, to their level. Beat them up. Beat them up. Like, beat them up. I want a seven rip score against Seattle. And I think even more importantly, let the starters go ahead and get that big lead and then start to work in some of these third and fourth line guys to get them expanded minutes because they're going to need that experience come playoff time. Agreed. So uh, let us know what your guys' thoughts are on the Minnesota Wild as they prepare for their final games of the season ahead of Lord Stanley Cup's playoffs uh, and who you're, you know, what your expectations are for them once they get there. Uh, And we will get back to you here on the show or in the comments afterwards. We do have a team to talk about that is firmly in the playoffs that plays game three tonight, Mike, in the Minnesota Timberwolves. What uh, were your thoughts on game one? We'll go through that first and then pick apart the uh, colossal failure in game two. Okay, so I'll leave. I'll, I'll go in order. Okay. Um, the people that were calling for a Grizzlies sweep. Eh, wrong. Like, I'm sorry. but Your friends should stop listening to your for- your sports takes if you called Grizzlies in a sweep. Yeah, these teams split during the regular season. Um, and something that's interesting that I, b- I believe is true 
is that even though they split during the regular season, the home team always won. And we actually won 12 of 14 of those quarters. Yeah. Or something like that. It was. But we split right down the middle during mm-hmm. the season, which to me lends to. Like, that's evenly matched teams. Yes. If you're playing more than two games and splitting during the regular season, that's pretty pretty evenly matched. No team won on the road during that regular season series. Yes. So for us to go in as the seven seed, go into Memphis to play the two seed, and to come away with game one, I don't care if you get beat by 80 in game two. You have checked your goal and now come home and defend your home court? Twice. Like, defend Minnesota. And yeah. you've got the series one, period. Like, that's all you have to do. It's it's a six-game series if you just defend your court. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, game one for me, game one for me was the birth of the star of Anthony Edwards. I was very, very curious to see in play, in a road playoff atmosphere against a good athletic team who he was going to be. Was he going to rise or was he going to cat, which is shrink? And he rose, and I was very impressed by the way that they played. I think they played to what the Timberwolves' ceiling is. I think the game that the team that you saw in Game One of this series could take out probably anybody but the Suns. Anybody but the Suns, or what looks like the reemerging Warriors right now in the West. Not worried about the Warriors. Um, so very, very impressed with Game One. Um, they on defense. I think their big key was they weren't allowing John Morant to puppet master the Grizzlies offense. Now pivoting into game two, I think it was the flip side of the coin. They let jaw get active early, which forced a lot of collapsing in the paint. And then a lot of cheap kick out threes to guys like Dylan Brooks um, on uh, offense. And then defensively cat got outside of himself and got into foul trouble again, which, and I tweeted it out during the game really limited our ability to defend the paint and it limited our it limited our ability to attack the paint which is such a strength of Anthony Edwards game and Pat Bev as as a tenacious like get around the hoop type guy like I said this series is firmly going to fall on cat and what his performance is going to look like now in games 3 4 5 and 6 yeah i don't disagree um i think seeing cat almost yeah completely lay an egg in the playing game play extremely well in game one and then come back and lay another egg. Yeah. It shows why Minnesota fans that watch the Timberwolves closely are annoyed with cat. Yes. Yes. He is one of the best big men in the league, but he can also be one of the worst and softest and gets you in trouble. And he, he He has such a range to his play. He is the greatest die on your sword player for it. So I was actually talking to a coworker of mine who's a big basketball guy. He played basketball at Elk River. Um, and he was trying to tell me that he would rather have Carl Anthony Towns over Kevin Love. And my argument was, I would rather take Kevin Love because he won't hurt you. He won't actively hurt your team. He even may not a, win you a game. Even on a bad night, though, he's going to have 12 and 10. Yeah. Cat is going to have four and three and get fouled out by the middle of the third quarter. Right. There's like the... The downside to Cat is so much lower. The upside is higher. Yes. I'll give you that. Yes. But it's just such a wide range. So I would have to agree with you that this series does rest solely on him. 
Um, and he still owes me a playoff game after that play-in game. Something that I did see in game two that did frustrate me, though, that I didn't see as much in game one is I felt like we were taking poorer shots earlier in the shot clock in game two. Yes. Um, we got behind about eight, nine points, and even midway through the third quarter, we felt like we were there was a uh, too they were, much too much urgency. They were pressing. They were pressing. Um, you, that's when you need to slow things down, play patiently, go back to the fact that you do play good defensive basketball. Yes, and just make a run of eight to two, make another run of eight to two. All of a sudden, you look up and you're leading by four. Yeah. Um. Real quick, Gabe has a comment here that says, "Can Edwards become a top five player in the NBA? If so, how, how long?" Uh, I will answer that by giving you a statistic that rolled through. Uh, in game one, he has the third highest points scored in an NBA playoff debut in history. I think this year is his coming out party. Do not be surprised if next year Anthony Edwards is a 30 and eight guy. See, I think I think we he is on the threshold of coming up. Yes. So I strongly believe that. If Cat plays well. Mm-hmm and Ant plays well enough, we get past the Grizzlies, his coming out party could happen this playoffs. Oh, yeah. If People we lose are going to ra- start to look at him very differently. If we lose round one, it's going to happen next year, but he is on the precipice, Gabe, in my opinion, of being a superstar. There was a top 25 under 25 list that came out a week ago, right after his initial playoff game, and they had him ranked below like Zion. Right now, I would take Ant over Zion. Zion can dunk in his athletic, but what else can Zion really do? Like, I apologize. He's a six nine five, right? But like, that's it. He's actually six six. Well, there He's you go. That's all. Uh, so, but, uh, but to answer the question, yes, a, an a- actual top five. You know, like within think the about next that. year. I think it's three years at max before you're looking at him as an MVP candidate. I think it, yeah, I think it could be at next max. I think it could wow. be next regular season. Like I I do truly think that they found something special. I think he's going to be the guy that is a career or a lifer in Minnesota. He seems to love the culture here. He seems to love the team. Um, you know, Pat Bev came out earlier in the season on a podcast and was like, "You guys don't see it at practice, but he's that he's that dude." Like he really is. He has Pat Bev's words, I believe, were he has the potential to be something special like Jordan. Yep. Like, and he he shows it at, at times, and his shooting isn't even as consistent as the Wolves front office thinks it can be. But it's a real weapon that it's he hasn't truly had. You know, hasn't had the opportunity to tap into yet. So, um, if thoughts? you're not watching Wolves basketball, watch Wolves basketball. Yes, and watch. Anthony Edwards. Even I'm starting to watch, for Christ's sake. There we go. There we go. And what are your thoughts tonight on games three and four before we see the group again? Tonight is game three at the bullseye. We might be there. I was looking at tickets. We might be there. For the show today. Um, I'm going to have to say Timberwolves. We're at home. That place is rocking lately. Um, I'm going to say Wolves. Uh, The fact that, you know, we could go up two to one now. With another game at the Target Center, this is a pivotal game in this series here. They take this game, they take the series. It might be over. Yep. Um, and outside of that, do we want to touch on the rest of the NBA playoff? Tree? I mean, there wasn't anything on here that really surprised me other than the fact that Brandon Ingram stole a game from the Suns. I mean, we got to um, talk about the fact that the Nets are down 2-0, right? And that's going to... 
I think once they lose, we'll talk about that experiment because I think if they lose in this round, it's if they if that experiment is over, I think they blow that whole thing up. Um, not surprised though. Boston plays great defense, and that playing in in the Garden is is tough on opposing players. And add in the whole drama with Kyrie. That's that's just a tough. That's a tough draw for them. I do think what you said previously is uh, very accurate, though. The fact that the Pelicans were able to pull a game away in Phoenix, like they don't have a chance at winning that series. Still, do no. you think? Unless Booker's hamstring really continues to limit his ability, because in the game that they won, let's keep in mind that by halftime, Booker had twenty-eight points. Right. Okay, like he stays healthy, and in that game, we're not talking about this. True. So. Little bit different there. Um, the only other thing, the Warriors beating up on Denver surprises me a little bit, but Denver's still missing their second best player. That and it's it that's a weird matchup to me. Yeah. Um Denver seems like almost more of a traditional mid two thousands basketball team and how they're built. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with their focal point being Jokic. Yes. Not many NBA teams today have their focal point be their five. Even a team like us who has cat. Um, and then the Warriors who can shoot from absolutely everywhere. That's just an odd matchup. And I think like any given night, the Nuggets could beat them by 20 or the Warriors could beat the Nuggets by 20. Yeah. I think it's just a weird one. And it's kind of a fun series because of that. And Jordan Poole's a dude. Let's not, uh, let's not forget about that. Right. Like he's turning into a guy. So yeah, I think Golden State probably walks away with that series and then faces us. And I like us. I really do. We had their number during the regular season. Yes, we did. So, all right, so folks. With that, let us know your thoughts about the NBA playoff picture. If you're a Wolves and or Grizzlies fan, uh, we want to hear your opinion on that series as well as it returns to Target Center tonight. I believe tip-off is just after 7? I think it's a 7.05, 7.15 tip. Okay. So, me and Mike might be there, so pay attention to our socials. Maybe we'll be able to give you guys a feel for what the uh, the bullseye looks like. There you go. Samantha, if you're watching, I would like to borrow Mike for the evening. So um, with that, we'll uh, transition into our next topic, which is called Hot Corner. So this is just going to be real quick, other than one of the topics here. Uh, Nick has to give a lecture. I made a fan. I, um, I was made a that, fan on an international level of other a specific that, player. Um, we're just going to be real quick with these topics. So our first topic, we're going to get in and out of these topics. Okay, Nick? Yes. Uh, Stefan Gilmore to the Colts. I think it's a good fit for him. I think that that pass rush and that defense is going to help cover anything that he may be lacking due to age. And I know we haven't seen him play a lot of football lately, so I think they're steering into the skid with their strengths. It will be interesting for me, to me, to see if they can get a real weapon for Matt Ryan that makes them a valuable offense. Because even though they have Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and Pittman Jr., I still think they're missing one exterior weapon that makes them a Super Bowl contender. Now, if they go out and get Debo, and you look at that defense and Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line and that head coaching staff, could they make a run? I would put them then all of a sudden above the Titans and stuff. So, yes. I'm just curious if these NFL veterans think that Indianapolis is in like Arizona or something. Um, Indianapolis is where careers go to die. Chris Ballard's not going to like hearing you say that. The uh, the Colts are an inevitable 9 and 8, 10 and 7 team, and they continue to repeat it by bringing in guys that are over 30. That'll spend a year or two, retire, and then they'll go get another one. And then they'll go 10 and 7. Wonder how they missed the playoffs. And then uh, we repeat 
again next year. So honestly, congratulations to Stefan Gilmore getting paid. You might make the playoffs, but you won't see the second round. Oh, ouch. I think if they get a weapon, we'll be talking about them differently, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right. All right. So now we're going to go into my lecture. Are Next you ready? Lecture time. All right, everybody. Crisscross applesauce. Here we go. Let's listen. Roki Sasaki. What did you call me? No, that is the name of the hottest pitcher on the planet right now. Okay. 20-year-old pitcher out of the MBP, okay. which is like a baseball league over in Japan. Sure. Through 17 perfect innings of baseball, almost two complete perfect games before he was pulled due to pitch count in the second game. He does both of this. With an 18-year-old, both of these games with an 18-year-old catcher, he throws his fastball at an average of 99.5 miles per hour and struck out 19, or sorry, 13 consecutive batters, 19 total in the first perfect game, followed up by 17 strikeouts in his second game. He's 20 years old, Mike. This guy is incredible. He has an unhittable split finger as well. How impressed are you by just the numbers for a guy of this age? So is this like the the top tier Japanese pro league? I mean, it's pretty close. Okay. I'm just curious to the competition that he's playing. Um Yeah, Gabe, I actually like it a lot. Um the the whip that he gets doesn't put as much I mean it it puts more on the elbow than the shoulder. But, but he's not throwing exactly any, what he's not what throwing I, any elbow heavy pitches. The splitter is well, over the top the pitch. Thing. The splitter is great pitch, and that's the thing because of his follow through, he's almost dispersing that between the elbow and shoulder. So I actually see that delivery as that like he's got the classic trebuchet delivery. It almost where he almost loads it up and then just uses the leverage to come over the top and lets that leverage guide the ball into the strike zone. It looks like Kershaw um, to me. It does. It I, does. Oh, so so I was paralleling him to Rich Hard, um, Harden. Sure. Okay. And whenever I see guys who do that that strong cock of the wrist when it's behind him, you know, like that. And I and I used to try to do do that as a pitcher for just you know when you're screwing around when you're young and trying to hide the ball and stuff like that. Right. And it just I used to feel it strong on my elbow when I do that, and I, of course I'm using my experience for it, but. Um, I'm just trying to think of someone who I know. And now that you say Kershaw, that's someone who did it successfully a long time. Yep. But just looking at sheer longevity. But So I guess my question, Nick, is this is a very cool story and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I could watch this guy what's, pitch for what, hours. But what's the timeline on seeing him in a spot that his name has the opportunity to become a household name? I'm glad you asked. So it's going to depend on how the MLB wants to move forward with the international draft, of which they tabled during this year's negotiations. Um, As of right now, the way that it stands, if nothing changes, uh, there's two routes that he can take. One of which is he can wait till he is posted by his team, which means he has to have six years of service to his current team. They will post him. Then there will be a 30-year or a 30-day window in which MLB teams can make an offer very similar to what we saw the Twins do with like Juan Soto when he was coming up from Dominican, so on and so forth. Or he can take the Shohei Otani route, which is he can ask to be posted at any time at the end of a season, open up a 15-day window where teams can make offers. 
but he can only take money out of the international players pool. So he would be leaving an ungodly amount of money on the table. Cause if you ask me a guy that can consistently throw between 99 and uh, by the way, his fastest recorded four seamer was 102 miles an hour, which he threw four times during that first yeah, start as a starter. That's the difference is like, there's a lot of guys that can throw that right now in the league. They're all closers or short relievers. Yes. So as a guy that can do that at his age, at 20 years old, he's worth already $20 million a year over eight years, like for eight years, right? Minimum, right? So he'd be leaving a lot of money on the table, but Shohei Otani did it, got to the league pretty quick. And now he's looking at a massive payday next year. Well, that, and you know, Otani is on the cover of MLB, the show and has marketing stuff up his sleeve. Exactly. So that's the thing is like, do you take a pay cut with your contract for baseball? But the exposure grows exponentially. Yes. So I think you'll either see, you're either going to see him in the next two years. So I would say you'll see him in the majors between 2024 and 2027 will be his debut, at which point he will still be either 24 or sorry, 22 or 26 years old. Okay. Around there. Yeah, so he's you got a question for us. How tall was this guy too, by the way? 6'3", 190. Okay. He's like, he's like almost he's exactly long. my size. He's yeah. long, for sure. Have you guys seen Yuri Perez? I have not, but I know, I have not seen him, but I have heard the name. That's my, my like prospect, young, young prospect to watch. That's gotcha. fun to watch like this, but he's 6'8". Oh my God. And pole skinny throwing like 98. And I mean, it just looks like, my God, if he fills out and is mm -hmm. able to do it, but yeah. And he's young. He's like 18 or something like that in the minor leagues. So, But I'm excited. I'm going to be tracking this guy's baseball journey. And we're probably going to get a Sasaki jersey for inside the studio because he made a fan of me. I watched both of those games. All right. I got to say something. What? So remember how I said if your favorite team is a minor league team and I named the Pensacola Blue Wahoos yeah. just as an example as a double-A ball club? Sure. Guess who Yuri Perez plays for currently? Oh, no way. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos. <laughs> Small world. Small world. But yeah, so let us know what you guys think about Roki Sasaki and his 17 perfect innings um, and what you think his future is or his 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 top level potential. Are we going to be opening packs open for his cards one day? That's what I want to know. Hopefully sooner than later. I would, I'm praying. Ask to be posted. I want to see this kid in the majors now. Hey, twins, don't get Juan soto if he comes to the majors. Offer everything that you have to get us a real ace. Mike's been begging for one. Yep, since Jose left. There we go. All right, so uh, moving on, we have uh, Baker Mayfield made an appearance on a podcast with Mike Studd, who is a musician that I actually really like. Um, it's also my nickname. Mike Studd. <laughs> Very clever. Dead joke file. Hey, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, and uh, what did you think about the comments that were made, Mike? As our resident quarterback. Who cares? Yeah, I kind of wondered it, it, the same is, thing. Uh, <sighs> Baker Mayfield should be starting for an NFL team. I'll make that clear. Really? Is he good enough to... Okay, so his skill level, yes, he should be starting for an NFL team. Really? His dis yes. Who he is should be nowhere near an NFL locker room. No. That's and that's his problem. I was going to say... Attitude included. Baker Mayfield demanded a trade, and the entire NFL went, no. 
Yeah. Just shrugged. Because my, my, th- and my thing was name a situation right now with his personality included. He changes nothing, which obviously he's not. He's not in a great situation and he hasn't changed. Name one NFL locker room you think that would take him right now. One. Name a single one. To be honest, the fit for him, coaching staff, players around him. If you see the Vikings, I'm going to throw this microphone at you. Being a, now I kind of want to. Being a potential playoff team, Baker Mayfield would look really good playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tomlin wouldn't put up with it. Yes, he's... He's Belichick in his way that he has a he has a way to basically stop it. I suppose. I mean, I I suppose Ben Roethlisberger is a rapist, <laughs> and he like dealt with that <laughs> for twenty years and like kept it under like he kept it in the bottle. That's Mike's greatest comment of all. <laughs> well, dude, like that's dude. after my own heart. I've been saying that forever, and everyone cringes when I say it. Well, like he's a clear rapist. Oh yeah, his nickname is Ben Rapelisberger. Yeah, he's a predator. But like Tomlin dealt with gave it to that <laughs> and that behavior for almost two decades and found a way to be successful on and off the field with it. I'm sorry, Gabe. I have to say this, Gabe. I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't give it to himself. I think part of the issue is he was giving it to other people. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get off this topic. Tell that uh, to ben. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the worst show ever. Ben Roethlisberger does not deserve this. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I just, I can't. No. I can't. (laughs) Separate the man from the work. Um, Uh, Gabe comments, is his problem not how the players feel about him or the things he said publicly? I think it's both. I'm confused about the Baker Mayfield stuff. Like, because I've heard all your guys' hate, but I don't, I've just not caught up with, I've I've seen some of the recent stuff, like whining and like. So basically, yeah, to sum it up, he wanted a new deal in Cleveland. He hadn't, he hadn't even really asked for a new deal. He asked that one was going to be worked on for him. The Browns weren't the making next, any progress on that. And then they the next picked, thing, they go and get Deshaun Watson and give him right. like the largest guaranteed contract ever. But you can't come out and say, they lied to me. They betrayed me. This is a business. If Mike, I'm telling you this right now. If... A Hall of Fame radio analyst walked up to you tomorrow and said, hey, I would love to take over Glass Half Sports with you. Here's $4 million. I would hope you would kick me to the curb. This is a business. The NFL is a business. You have to earn your spot every single day. And Baker Mayfield's talent level does I mean, not has not earned him the right to act the way that he acts. I agree with the last statement you made. The, I just... Well, I, I guess I'm old fashioned in the way that I don't necessarily think that business has to be ruthless. It is if you want to win a Super Bowl. I don't think it has to be that way. I just I I really just don't. What did the Rams do to Jared Goff? That's ruthless business. I mean And they won a Super Bowl. I don't disagree. Okay. I just, Brady leaving New England. Ruthless business. Tampa won a Super Bowl. But you could say that's ruthless on the Patriots' behalf, that they're ruthless that they let him go or whatever. Like, I mean, there's examples of both sides. What I'm asking I just, is, I just don't – go ahead, Gabe. So, so, sorry, I'm just wondering, like, do the, play, the men who play with him, do they think he's a problem? I mean, because if that, ask Odell Beckham's dad. Okay, but, but, but aside he doesn't from play the with giant them. diva uh, guy too – because I guess what I'm saying is this is a league that forgives, uh, you know, you can whack your, 
you know, your old lady in the face. You They're can, still talking about rapist. Colin Kaepernick. Right. Right. And, and it's like, but this guy has kind of been, you know, a little uh, in his feelings publicly, which has not been a great look. No. But is that not recoverable? Is his game not worth? That's I think I, I think I'm, it's recoverable if your talent level is that of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has gotten multiple shots because you look at him and you go, at worst, Josh with Gordon. his attitude, yeah. he is going to be a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Josh Gordon, at worst, will be a guy that will catch 60 passes, 4,000 yards, and five touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, with his attitude at worst, is fighting to be a starter. He is a fringe starter in the NFL. How about his potential? I just disagree with that completely. I don't think he's a fringe starter. Would you rather have Mason Rudolph or Baker Mayfield? They have Mitch Trubisky, so it's a mute point. I would much rather right now have Mitch Trubisky, which I know Baker is Mayfield. which I know is a team guy and is more mobile and has maybe not as accurate, but has better arm talent than Baker. Respectfully disagree, sir. I'm sorry. We'll leave it at that. He just we gotta, needs. We got to move on. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Last thing. Big news breaking yesterday. Debo Samuel Samuel has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. And the NFL did not just shrug this one off. No. <laughs> Everybody in the NFL went, come here. Yeah. We'll take you. We'll, I, come on. I think I saw Debo in 31 other jerseys yesterday on, <laughs> on different social medias. So Everybody's trying. Yeah. There are some teams that are liable or are, are, are more likely to get him because of the draft capital that San Francisco is going to need in return because they don't have a first-round draft pick after trading up to get Trey Lance this year. But I think everything that is transpiring with Debo Samuel is going to have a, a ripple effect uh, on the NFL because I think this drastically impacts how soon you see Trey Lance, whether or not they get rid of Jimmy G, and future contract negotiations that the 49ers are going to have with big-name guys that they bring up like yeah they have does fred warner have his big money yet yeah he got paid last year bosa's but bosa's do isn't he yep he's got to be yeah i mean they have a star-studded lineup at a a certain point you have to start paying them and Mm -hmm. debo is due next year for that is that right yes but look at the wide receiver market right now so i was in you know i'm the numbers guy right so i was looking at the numbers if you're gonna pay debo going to have to be at $22 million per year, just looking at what the top wide receivers are getting paid right now. And you're going to have to guarantee him $40 million. Do you think that's sustainable? Receivers making that much? Like, if they're tied to the right quarterback, which is why I think it drastically impacts the futures of both Jimmy G and Trey Lance. If you get rid of Debo Samuel, Trey Lance will, be, will not be gifted the job this year. Well, let me ask you this. Is Debo Samuel a top five wide receiver, or is he a top five athlete is he truly because he wants to play strictly receiver he doesn't want to be in the backfield anymore at all he has made that very clear i don't think it's at all i just don't think he wants to be used as heavily in the run game for his career longevity as he has made it clear he wants to play the position of wide receiver which to me would not be lining up in the backfield no i agree and that's why you got to pay him like a wide receiver does he deserve top five receiver money though because half of his production was from the backfield yes Okay. Can he can he outrun That was a great discussion. Can he outrun doing the slants? Or can he outproduce Michael Thomas? Yes. Is he better after the catch than the majority of wide receivers in the NFL? Yes. Does he do, do is he going to be great on third downs for whoever he shows up for? Yes. Can he still be a threat out of the backfield a la Cooper Cup or Cordero Patterson or some of these other guys that get those opportunities? Yes. So I think it's a no-brainer. Right. In, in in that opinion, 
Uh, Gabe says, do we know if he got his nom from Friday? His name. Oh, name. Debo. Oh, Debo Samuel. I have no idea. I just looked it up. He was born in 1996, so it is plausible. He yeah, because Friday was what? The movie. Nine... 98, I think. 97, but I mean, it's right then. So, Could be close. I'm on it. I'm on it, guys. Could be but close. Also, a side comment here um, from a, a little bit more casual observer than you guys. Yeah. From my perspective, there's so many great receivers now, it seems like. Are wide receivers going the way of running backs did 20 years ago or 15 years ago where it's like, there's just a dime a dozen to get a well, game. And that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I don't know if this these $23 million contracts are going to be sustainable in, in five, six years. I don't think the top receiver is being paid that percentage of the salary cap because no. of what Gabe just said. I think that there's a lot of really good receivers out there. And this all goes back to Randy Moss. This now I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I will say whoever signs and pays him will be looked at like the Mike Trout contract, the Bryce Harper contract of wide receivers. If he gets paid and does what like Zeke and Todd Gurley and some of these other guys have done, you're going to see the entire wide receiver market behind him crumble. Like it will, it will, the money will evaporate right. very quickly. So he's got to be careful. He's got to make sure that he goes to the right situation. So let's talk about the teams that could get him right now. You would assume what Debo Samuel is worth a first round pick, maybe two. I'd say a first round pick and maybe a mid mid round pick. Okay. Time so out quick. Debo Samuel was born January of 96. The movie Friday came out in 95. So it is extremely, extremely plausible. plausible. Okay. Extremely plausible. He plays like Debo. Actually, he does. I just confirmed it. He did get the name from the movie. Hey, that's awesome. nicknamed him. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's called great journalism, Gabe. Way to go. That is. That no, is. I take it very seriously. All right. So the teams that are likely to go get him right now. As much as I hate to admit it, the Green Bay Packers have two first round picks this year are in need of, are, and are in need of a wide receiver. The Jets have two picks are and are in need of a weapon for Zach Wilson. Kansas City has two first-round picks and I'm sure would love to replace Tyreek Hill with a weapon like Debo. Andy Reid, I'm sure, is sitting in his office salivating. Of those oh, three can you teams... you imagine what Andy Reid would be able oh to do with him? God. Of those three teams, I think the most likely are Kansas City and the Jets based on the draft capital because I'm sure... It's going to be a real hard sell to keep him in the NFC, especially when San Francisco Green Bay needs that draft capital though for other things. I agree with you, but I think it's Aaron Rodgers' choice, right? I, I really do. It's, it never has been. All right, I don't so think start this year. So, out of those three teams, based on draft capital, who do you see him going most most likely going to? You could also technically throw Indianapolis in there. To be honest, the most likely scenario that I see for Debo Samuel um, in September of 2022. Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel will be playing for the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, I don't know. I, Cause I think he's, he has said he's not, he is not showing up for, uh, he's not showing up for anything. He's not showing up for contract negotiations. He didn't show up for OTAs. He's not showing up for anything. So I, I find it very unlikely that he's going to play for San Francisco because if he goes back to San Francisco, they're going to want to use him the way that Shanahan sees fit, which is the big contention point, right? The other teams that I would love to see him on. Are you ready? I think so. I'm like half dying over here, but I'm good. I think the Colts is a great fit because they have the money to pay him. It is a good fit. It gives them and it get not they only maybe go 10 and seven. It not only gives him the weapon that Matt Ryan needs, but it gives them if Matt Ryan were to leave a reason 
for another quarterback to want to come in and play with Debo. Sure. I think the other team that should be finding every way to make this work right now is the Baltimore Ravens. There is no better fit stylistically right now. Thank you, Gabe. In the NFL, for what Debo's skill set is, how he plays ball, and his passion for how he operates as a player, than playing alongside Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, Harbaugh would turn him into a freak show of a weapon. I don't disagree with you. I don't. I just, unless San Francisco, here's the thing. San Francisco is looking at it thinking, this offer's got to be out of the park. They're not going to settle. No. And I just don't know if a team is going to go up. Like, I'm not sold that strictly at the wide receiver position, he's a top five receiver. I think he's top 10. Don't get me wrong. Yes. And as far as athlete and weapon on an offense, he's top five. The attention that he But if he, he draws. doesn't want to play at all in the backfield or be involved in gadget plays, that eliminates Kansas City. If he's yeah. that if he's that firm on not basically doing jet sweeps and stuff. Yeah. It's it's narrowing his teams that he could go to. It also hurts his value in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know, I wouldn't be too shocked to see him back in San Francisco. Maybe San Francisco does go away with the power eye tosses to him. But it's going to be, it's very interesting. And I think it's one of those things that on draft night, we're going to have to pay very close attention to, because I think if it's going to get done, draft night's going to be one of the best opportunities to get it done. Well, and, and the reason he is like not wanting to engage in contract talks with San Francisco is because of the way that they use him. So yes. if they're okay with using him, I don't know. It's interesting. Who should be fighting for him? Hardest? Baltimore. Baltimore should be clawing should be banging down the door it's not in the nfc they need a weapon for lamar i would assume with the way that lamar does business for himself they baltimore could then come to the table and go listen we would like to pay debo would you take a small pay cut to make sure that we have a weapon locked up for you that we can use exclusively as your number one weapon for four years and i'm sure lamar would say yes because he's all about winning i think who should be fighting for him hardest is san francisco and i think that that looks in a different way it's not necessarily fighting really hard to get him re-signed, but it's not settling on an offer from another team just to get him out either. True. True. Um, so with that, we'll uh, we'll wrap that up. Let us know your thoughts on Debo Samuel, named after the movie Friday, <laughs> looking for a trade uh, in the NFL. And Dylan, before you jump into the comments and say he's going to Philadelphia, no way possible. Go throw snowballs at Santa. I was going to say Jalen Hurts couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, let alone a wide receiver. So um, and with that, we'll go into our uh, mock draft, finishing up picks 23 through 32. Yeah, but we got some teases we got to pay off first. Oh, we got to do the teases. Yeah, we got to do our teases. So, Mike, we have an event that's happening on the 28th. What are we, we doing? We do. Uh, well, I know we have our show at 11. Oh, yeah. And then, and then after that, the NFL draft. Oh, we'll be here. We we'll will be, be here. here. We'll be doing a NFL draft watch along where you guys can come in and you know instead of listening to the boring takes of people like mel kuyper you can come in and listen to me and mike talk about your favorite nfl team you can comment in live and we can talk about your picks we also have some giveaways that we are going to be doing but before we get to that i want to announce our guests so uh every year i put together a dream board right? A vision board. And I go, there are certain things I want to take care of. And one of my goals for this year was to get us pro athletes on this podcast. Well, guess what, Mike? We have confirmed that we are going to have three NFL veterans or former players on the show. 
for the draft party. So um, along with DMV's uh, Sports Media Person of the Year, Kelsey Nicole Nelson from Bally Sports. We will have Kenneth Grant, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. We will have Jeff Ogden, who uh, holds the record for third longest punt return touchdown in NFL history and is author of the book Tackle Life Head-On and then uh, former um, teammate of Aaron Rodgers and Super Bowl champion Jermichael Finley will all be joining us on draft night, folks, uh, to talk, you know, picks, to talk NFL, to talk pretty much anything football and give us a good feel uh, for what these players might be experiencing as they make the transition from college stud to NFL locker room. How stoked are you? Dude, it's it's a week away and I'm already already a little bit nervous and I got the butterflies and I'm I'm ready to go. I am so ready to go. I'm so ready to go. I mean, these guys have played with absolute legends of the game. Dion, Michael Irving, Troy Aikman, Aaron Rodgers. You know, there has there's a lot of talent that these guys have played with that I want to just glean some information from. And I want to learn a little bit more about them too, what it's like to be in an NFL locker room uh, and things like that. So extremely excited for that. Now, to go with the guests that we are going to have on the show, we are going to do some giveaways because we like to be nice to our fans, right? Yes, sir. So, uh, Gabe, if you want to put the graphic up for the giveaways. So we will be doing a couple of different things. During the live stream, if you go into our comment section on Glass or at Glass Half Sports on Facebook and comment in between the first pick and the 12th pick or between the start of the live stream and the Vikings pick at 12, who you think the player is going to be, if you get it right, you'll be entered into a drawing for us to give you that player's jersey. If we draft Stingley and you guess Stingley and we draw your name the following week on the show, we're going to mail you a stitched Derek Stingley Jr. jersey. And for every 10 likes that we get on the live stream, me and Mike are going to do what we've already been doing, which is giving away cards. We're going to break a pack. We're going to go ahead and in the in the in in the comments see who's liked it and we're going to give away some of these sports cards as you can see based on the Mike Trout card that we pulled today. We buy high quality cards, we give away high quality stuff. So, the more engaged you guys are with us, the more stuff that we're going to give away. So, make sure you share this with your friends. We are so excited to be with you guys on draft night. So excited. I'm stoked. I am too, man. Uh, make sure to be there. That's all I can like. You can have it up on your computer. Mute the TV with Mel Kiper on it and listen to us yep. and comment along. I'd like to talk to the fans just for a second. Yeah, as as a neutral person on this, absolutely. Um, I'd like to say this: these guys, I'm I'm proud of these guys. They've they've busted their asses and made an awesome show. We're climbing, having all this like great stuff happening around it. You got old people dying, and <laughs> having heart attacks. Um, other ones are just hard to tell how they feel exactly, but it looks positive. And, uh, no, it's great. How many shows do you get to watch that you get can profit from? Yeah. We're, we're just giving stuff this away. Just something to watch, right? You can actually, and you can call us this. stupid at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, the fact that we get to interact with you guys during the draft special is something that I'm looking the most forward to. I know when I sit in front of my TV before we had this show or before we did the, the draft special, I'm sitting at home going, Oh, why'd the Vikings take this? Or why'd the Giants draft Daniel Jones? What an awful pick. I still think that to this day. But like, I wish I had somebody that I could talk to. I wish Mel Kuyper could talk me through the heartache that I feel when my team makes a bad pick or explain the joy I feel when they make a good pick. We can give that to you. So make sure you come join us. And also, you know, we're going to have these these big guests on, right? These yeah. These names. And by the way, this is supposed to be, you know, we're calling it a party for a reason. Right? Oh, it is a party. We have a fun vibe to it and all that stuff. But you guys, so we'll have these, uh, you know, Jermichael Finley on, who's played with um, Aaron Rodgers, for instance. Yep. 
you guys as fans can ask questions in the comments that maybe would be hard for us to do as the as the hosts, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so so have fun with that. And, uh, you know, not that we're trying to say anything inappropriate. I'm just saying, like, you know, you can ask Aaron Rodgers questions that maybe <laughs> I'd be more hesitant to ask. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm I'm absolutely stoked. So pay attention. We will be sending out the time slots and stuff for when the guests are going to be on. We'll be excited to be giving some stuff away. And I'm just overall excited that this is the like official, official start of the NFL season because the news cycle starts with the draft and then it doesn't end until after the Super Bowl. So are you ready for the new NFL season, Mike? I am stoked. I'm so ready. I think this is the official start. The official of the start. The last half sports show. Oh. oh. I think this is like the grand opening. Is this our coming sense. out party? I think so. Well, here we go. Grand opening. And and then also, so let me ask you guys, is there a question that you're dying to ask any of these people that we uh, can preview? Yes, I am. Yeah? I'm actually really, really curious to talk uh, with Kenneth Grant to see what it was like to be in a locker room with probably one of the most talented rosters in NFL history. Aikman, Irving, Grant, Smith. To be in the locker yeah. room from those guys to see what kind of leadership they had. Um, you know, going through that, they had Dion in that locker room, you know, just to see even as a role player, you know, what, what kind of things that they bring to the table that elevates the people around them? Very interested to find I out. Think, I think Kenneth Grant and Jeff Ogden might have even overlapped for a year. I think they did. I, I'd be fascinated to hear what it was like when Dion came into that locker room. Because yes. if you remember at that time, I mean, that was a big deal. And, and his ego was <laughs> was on, like, on top 10. form. Prime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be really fascinating because he played with them, right? Absolutely. Right. On the same side of the ball. Absolutely. By the way, not to under not, not to forget about, I don't want to forget about Kelsey Nicole Nelson, by the way. Sports media person of the year in 2020 for the DMV area. Probably very closely tied to a lot of the stuff that's happening with the football team commander Redskin football team. Um, very interested to ask her about what the feeling around the city is with all the stuff that's been going on with Dan Snyder. I want to ask her, but she's really sharp reporter very you know, like a, yeah like i was watching some of her clips to learn who she was she's like super sharp and I, i'm i'm excited to ask her just about being because she also happens to be a beautiful woman just on the side just like i happen to be a beautiful man um but is it you know just the dynamics of being that in this world it's it's all interesting man there's so much cool stuff to talk about with these guys it's gonna be great i'm absolutely i'm actually absolutely pumped so with that being said if be there or be square. Be there or be square. For those of you that have already commented or or hit that that like button that you're going to be interested in going, go ahead and just click attend and share it to all of your friends. The more the merrier in a show like this. Me and Mike are going to be bringing you guys all the juice on draft night. And like Gabe said, it's going to be a pretty laid back atmosphere. We're going to be here the entirety of the first round. Nick and I might have some food for ourselves. Like we're going to be enjoying draft night with you guys and with these special guests. So That's right. Why don't we get a food sponsor? We should. We it's should. almost like there's a pizza I'm joint up the road that certain, we've used. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk after this. I think I got another one. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so with that, we are running out of time a little bit. So we do mock still draft. have to get the mock draft picks 23 and 32. Nick, we're going to go about a minute per pick. So about 30 seconds each and just race through this. Yeah. Fair enough? Sure. All right. You can go ahead Dave, and Dave, is that off. cool? Is that speed okay with you back Absolutely. there? Absolutely. All righty. So pick number 23, Arizona. Cardinals. Yeah, the need for them is a cornerback tackle and defensive tackle ahead of what I assume is going to be a massive contract that's paid out to Kyler Murray. Mike, who do you have them taken at pick 23? Yeah, I think uh, they have to take best best defensive back available. Yes. And because of everything that we've spoken about recently with, you know, Sauce possibly going top five, but he could drop. Mm -hmm. um, if he drops, that sets everybody back. 
Kyle Hamilton could still be on the board here for them. Possibly. Um, I think that they really just need to take the best defensive back available because I'm not too like got Buda Baker. Who's you know who's the other who's the other? You don't corner? really have anybody else in that secondary. You got to take best available defensive back. On my mock draft, I didn't have uh, Akeem Ikwanu taken yet. So okay. I think that would be a perfect fit for them. If he slides back that far, I think you'd start to look at that pick as a potential steal of the draft. That would be a, an absolute steal. Um, at 23. Um, so that, that would be a good pick for them. And then at 24, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Dallas has to go offensive line. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. The, the, I would fire you both as GM. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. We're too smart. He couldn't afford you in the first place. There you go. That's um, right. So who's that from? Is that from Dylan? I would assume so. Yeah, not me. Yeah, Dylan, <laughs> look at your own GM first. <laughs> yeah, we we could do better drafting than uh, the Eagles track record the first round in the last five years. Like, let's be honest. Um, uh, Jalen Rieger. <clears throat> Sorry, had that Justin Jefferson cough again. Uh, I'm going to say Zion Johnson, the offensive lineman, um, uh, ACC, Boston College. Okay. Um, just a big, kind of a mauler. Okay. Um, be able to make those run lanes for probably Tony Pollard here in the future. Yeah. Um, they just need to return back to who they were when they had Zeke running. So, yeah, I mean, that's a smart investment. Protect Dak. I have a Johnson, but it's on the other side of the football. I have Jermaine Johnson. Okay. Um, a defensive lineman out of Florida state. I think he's a great guy that would come in and work well, uh, with Micah Parsons and the athleticism that they use on that defensive front. It'd be a great guy for Dan Quinn to be able to mold as a pass rusher. And uh, they lost Randy Gregory. So they're really missing like another frontline guy. And he has shot up everybody's draft board with how impressive he's been. But I think with some of the names, the needs of some of the teams at the top of the draft, and then the selections in the middle are all going to be teams that are addressing somebody that will help them win. Now he could slide back to 24 and be a perfect fit for Dallas. This draft is going to be crazy because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like, this is the most up-in-the-air draft we've seen. So, with that, we'll transition over to pick 25. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. What does this say? If Sash <laughs> drops the Eagles, I'm fighting game on live stream. <laughs> it's actually more likely that the Eagles would pass on Sauce Gardner if he was available than for them to take him. Just Dylan, I, I want you to know. Does that. he have any idea the fire he's playing with right now? <laughs> yeah, that's what I do before fights. I tell people what what an enormous mistake they're making. <laughs> Gabe's like, you want me to introduce you to thunder Are and you lightning? Serious, dude. Yeah. All right. So pick twenty five, Buffalo. Um, honestly, this is a super difficult pick for me. I got it. I got it pegged. If I'm Buffalo, you know what I'm doing? I'm what? just taking best available. Oh, I'm not. Period. I'm not. Like it could at that point. You could start looking at running backs late yep. in the first round. Yep. Um, you know who plays, who played in snowy, cruddy weather in college and was an absolute monster last year? Well, there's a few of them. Kenneth Walker, Michigan the State. third, yep. Michigan State. You just paid Stephon Diggs. You just paid Josh Allen. The only thing that Buffalo is missing to be odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl next year is a valid running threat. If a you, true one. If yep. you pick him up, hand him, and give him 20 touches a game, that offense goes from that's a really good offense to like Dallas Cowboy in the 90s level good with a back like that. I think he's a great fit in Buffalo. Agreed. So I'm going to agree with you there. Hey, let's, I got Mike to agree with me. Let's go. All right. 26, the Tennessee Titans who already have their running back in King Henry. 
Yeah, need a linebacker, uh, need a receiver, need a corner. Um, receiver that could be going here is like a Traylon Burks. Hmm. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a Julio-esque type receiver. Okay. Big physical. It's not going to be necessarily beat you with his speed, but he's going to beat you with his technical work and yep. just being a large body. Um, another one that could go here as a linebacker, I had it pulled up because um, I already have N'Kobe Dean gone. Okay. Um, where was it? Oh, shoot. Uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming. Okay. On probably, my- probably a late first, early second round pick. I gotcha. Could kind of slide in. Um, I wouldn't mind. I- and it was tough for me because I know that they got a, they got good defensive linemen already. Yep. But on my draft board, I had Carl Loftus still available. Oh, you did. If he falls to this point, I had I think I had him going top ten, didn't I? Yeah, and I don't know how he slipped my mind. I don't. But for me, I just I don't think I was super there's, impressed with the tape. There's so many players like that in this draft, though. right? Where you're like, oh my gosh, he's not off the board yet. I think that would be that's a Vrabel style guy. Yep. And Carl Loftus. Otherwise, I think you're looking at Christian Watson. That's okay. a that's a good sized physical wide receiver that I think fits in well with Ryan Tannehill and the style yeah, of ball that they're going to play. Six four two ten. We're, we're great as a run the blocker. Same lines, you know. Yeah. Trey Burks is or uh, yeah, Traylon Burks is six two, so he doesn't have the height, but he's also two twenty five. Right. So, so good run blocking wide receivers are going to be a must in that Tennessee yep. system. So you're probably looking at a guy with size, very rel- um, yeah. They're not going to go draft a Tyree Kill type receiver. They're right. looking for a guy with uh, some weight. You got to be over two bills to play receiver in Tennessee. Yeah, because Vrabel's going to send you inside to probably mess with some linebackers to spring Henry. Right. So you got to be able to deal with that. So. All right. With that, we'll go to pick 27. This falls to Tampa Bay. Tyler Lindenbaum okay. would be a perfect pick for Tampa. Yep. They need interior line help. Uh, I know they say he's got short arms and isn't really like an elite pass blocking center. But I think with the way Brady gets the ball out quick, you re you re uh, unite him with Tristan Wirfs, who he played with at Iowa. So he's got somebody in the locker room that he can kind of lean on already and understands how Tampa is going to bring him along schematically. And for the future of the team would be a wise way to go in getting Tyler Lindenbaum. Yeah. I, I, I like the pick. I'm not going to disagree with it. Um, I just, I feel like Brady and the other, because their offensive line is pretty solid around that like center spot, really. Yep. I think that that is something that they could pick up in the second or third, and that guy could be good enough and be elevated by the play around him. That what their weakness is right now is defensive back. Well, I was going to say people running the ball right down their throat. Yeah. Um. So I was actually going to say like a possible Devonte Wyatt here or Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma. Um. They. Kind of just need someone next to Vita Vea just yeah. eating up space. Because Sue is done now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of options. I think what is going to make... Because if your defense can play well, Brady will score points. Who's the I don't ge- care who you put around. Who's the general manager of the team now? I'll, who's the actual GM who holds the title or who runs things? It's Bruce Arians. I was going to say Tom Brady. Right. But Bruce honest. Arians is in the front office. Right. And he understands that after Brady leaves, which is now a very, very real thing, that he's going to have to protect the most important play, the position in football. You want to get that offensive line set for him over the next three years, you got to go offensive line here. That's just my opinion. I don't, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. 
I don't it's, disagree it's, with you either. It's but. not necessarily that I disagree. It's just I, I see them having a different line of thinking because I think that there's good enough offensive linemen that you can get later. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you could make the same argument with interior defensive line, too. So right. it's kind of a it's, – it's literally six of one. Oh, no, it's a half a dozen. It's the same thing. We're just saying it differently. I would totally agree. Then we have to talk about uh, at 28, the Green Bay Packers, who I think are going to be trying at the very least – to trade up to get a wide receiver or trade for a guy like Debo. But uh, if they wind up stuck with both picks, who do you see them taking at pick 28? You got to look at the receiver room and just scratch your head. Yeah. I had them taking one early. I did too. I almost think you might need to take, like, who do they have right now? Randall Cobb. <laughs> okay, so they have... Randall Cobb, the ghost of Randall Cobb, who leaves the retirement home to come to Lambeau to play games on Sunday. Yep. I'm I'm almost just gonna say take best available receiver again. You think they double up and go wide receiver twice in the first round? No other team would, but no other team also drafts the quarterback of the future when you desperately need a weapon for your Hall of Fame quarterback at that time either, and, and then do, re-signs that quarterback. Yeah, they do unconventional things. They need receiver bad. And receiver is also a spot where you could literally completely miss on one and hit on the other and hit on the other. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too shocked if that's what they did. Impact for now is what's important. Right. And I think if you can satisfy Aaron Rodgers need at the top of the first end of the first round with a wide receiver, you can calm the fire a little bit because there, I will admit there is good wide receiver depth in this year's draft. You can get a solid guy in round two or three. So I think they go, David Jabo from Michigan as a guy who replaces Darius Smith as a part of that defense, because here in all honesty is what green Bay's issue has been the entire Aaron Rodgers stint. Either they have a lot of offense and no defense, or they have a lot of defense and no weapons. So I think you you got to stay away from steering too far into either skid and kind of keep it between the navigational beacons and make sure that there is a defensive presence to where if Aaron Rodgers does get into a close playoff game, where you know he's historically not going to play all that well, somebody else can go after the quarterback and stop that team. My retort to that is I don't know if Ojabo is necessarily a perfect fit in Green Bay because he's not going to play a lot of this year. It's true. It's true. And I think that you said it before you even said his name. They need an impact player now. Yeah. And would he be an impact player? I do believe he's going to be an impact player in his career. Yeah. I just, that winning window is... Getting very smaller it's very by the day. Small. So let's move on to pick 29. And 30. And 30. That's right. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs. This is an interesting one. They could go just about anywhere. I hate to say this, but when you're as good as Buffalo yeah. or Kansas City and you're that well-rounded and have players in this many spots, you can afford to just take best player available would it not make sense for them to trade back out of one of these picks or trade up like if if you honestly if there's let's they need a corner they do what's stopping them from trading 29 and 30 to 12 because i don't want 29 and 30 i don't either but like i'm just saying like there are a lot of teams that would take two first round picks even if they're later in the in you know i got you the eagles have two that they could trade one away for yeah. Now they all of a sudden have three first round picks again. Gotcha. You know, I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are in a great spot. If they do hold on to both, if I were them, I'm just, I'm just going best player available. 
And uh, Dylan reminded us who is the current wide receiver core for the Green Bay Packers, a 50-year-old Randall Cobb and one-legged Sammy Watkins. Oh, they also have so, Alan Lazard, who's again, never healthy. I wouldn't be too shocked if they have – they got to bring in more receivers. Yeah. What's wrong with having it be two first-round receivers? Who's the Arnold guy from Penn? You know who I'm talking about? Arnold guy from Penn. Uh, M. M- Ebikite? I forget his last name. Arnold uh, Ebikite, uh the edge from Penn State. I think he, he would be. Penn threw me off. There you go. Um, I think he would be a good fit in Kansas City. Yep. Um, I think one of the things he that. reminds me of like a, almost like a Tomahawley. Do you remember him? I think him playing alongside Chris Jones would take Chris Jones to a level that we haven't seen yet that everybody knows he has. Sure. Um, so I think that would be a wise pick. And then I think at wide receiver, if they can't go get a guy, I think a guy like Jahan Dotson. I think if you go Penn State, back-to-back picks there, a wide receiver. And I know that sounds weird because they're coming from the same school, but I like Dotson as a wide receiver. I think it gives another weapon to Andy Reid, especially in the red zone. And last year, that's where they struggled to score a lot of their points. Well, they Dotson was their... Remind he wasn't he like their punter turn kicker turner guy type like he could he's got he was like a Percy Harvin type he's got almost, wheels right yeah so yeah. I think that I think those two would be a perfect pairing replacement twenty nine exactly for for Kansas City all right and Gabe it's interesting that you commented that uh, receivers aren't a dime a dozen for some teams the reason being there are some teams with three number ones yes like the Bills have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Gabriel Davis could going to Green Bay tomorrow and be their number one. They also have Emmanuel Sanders. And Emmanuel Sanders. Like, the Vikings have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Adam and Thielen could literally be a one anywhere else. And so could JJ. So it's it's the receiver market right now is very interesting. If you have it, you have it. And if you, and if don't, you don't, you, you don't, don't at all. No. So with that 31st pick, a team that does have a number one receiver, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. This is where I had Zion Johnson going. Okay. This would be a great fit for him um, out of Boston College. I think if he's gone, Minnesota guy, Daniel Falalalele, I think would be a great pick as well. Um, Just continue to bolster your ability to protect uh, Joe Burrow. The less he gets sacked, the better they're going to be. Do you move uh, uh, Falalalele? Yeah. Do you move him inside if he's Cincinnati? Okay. Because he's. Play tackle for the Gophers, but um, I could see he'd be great I for Joe Mixon to run behind. Falalale at guard and Jonah Williams at tackle would be insane. Yes, they'd get a lot of movement. Um, I could also see like a Tyler Smith from Tulsa here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they go offensive line unless I'm going to say the Bengals for sure go interior offensive line unless one of the top corners falls have somehow dropped past all of these teams. Right, if Sauce Stingley. Or McDuffie are somehow still available at yep. 31, which it like the chance very of unlikely one percent. Like they will take one of those three for sure. And it's too early for them to go tight end, even though I know they need one. They can get yeah, tight end in the second round. That's the thing about tight ends, man. You gotta wait. You can get them anywhere. You gotta wait. Get them anywhere. And then uh, to round us off with the Super Bowl champion pick, we have the Detroit Lions, the Motor City Kitties. Dan Campbell's second first round pick ahead of his uh, debut on Hard Knocks. Who do you have him taking? There's a quarterback that's going here. Really? I strongly believe that there's a quarterback. Jared Goff is not the quarterback of the future. Matt Corral. Matt Corral. It could be Sam Howell. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know. 
North Carolina be, produces a specific type of quarterback, and you saw how well it worked out. And you were arguing the on the behalf of one earlier today. You were. I agree, but that so goes Matt to Corral, show how bad I think Baker You got Sam Howell. Um, I think there was one other quarterback that I still had available. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. They I signed cannot Jameson recall Crowder. who the last quarterback that I had still available was, but I think they go quarterback here. I mean, Carson Strong is probably way, mid second level. It's way early for him. He's a he's a end of day two pick. You think he's late round three? Yeah, I don't. I think he's going to go in mid mid second. I only think he's late round three because of who's going to get pushed back into early or sorry late day two because who's going to be taken early day two will push his draft stock. Backwards. I think if if the Vikings are on the clock with their third round pick and he's stop. still there, they stop. need to take him. <laughs> We need a quarterback after Kirk Cousins. Get one next year. Hey, with no time to develop them. We'll talk about it later. All right. So that rounds out our first round mocks. Uh, unfortunately, the last 10 picks are so up in the air because this is the first draft I was in a right decade, on probably. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Uh, this is probably the first draft in a decade that has been this up in the air. Um, so with that, make sure that you are with us next Thursday evening. Yeah. Uh, as we have our draft party and some really cool guests that will be in studio and giveaways and giveaways. everybody Speaking likes free jerseys. giveaways. Can we uh, kind of go back through what we're giving away today? Oh, holy smokes. There's so many cards. So we've got the Mike Trout burner card. Okay. Wait, Gabe wants us to show him. So I'm going to let you walk through the ones that are up here. All right. And then I'll grab the other ones. So up here, if the cat will get oh, off the yeah, table. Sorry. Up here, uh, we have the Mike Trout card. Here, I got to turn around. Zoom here. Actually, Mike, just stay on your, on your whatever, where you are, because I'll go like this. No, no, there we I'll go. Zoom in. So we have the Mike Trout burner card in the middle here. Uh, we the got the guy. Vlad Guerrero card as well. And then who's the future card on this side here? What's the Vlad Guerrero one? Can you hold it up? Yeah. I actually didn't remember we got that. Oops, did I drop it? I did. So the Trout burner is probably like, like it. I don't even think it's the most valuable, actually, but it's the coolest by far. I don't know what the Vlad Guerrero one is, but that's an awesome one. Okay. If you want to bring him here, I can, I yeah, can go right here. Let's go with our card camera. Okay, yeah, the card camera. We can go over right. here. Right Thank here. you, producer Gabe. Yeah, Killing Vlad. the game in the back. Bingo. So Mike's going to have to remember, remind me of this guy's name. He's a defensive tackle for the Eagles. Marlon. Dylan Beeks. Come on, man. Be all over that card, Philly fan. Oh, to, is that where he is? To, okay. to a tip of... Palu or whatever his name is from UFC. Yeah. Ben Skronik. This is a wide receiver now for the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. You need kill Cespedes, a top 100 prospect for the Chicago White Sox. Autograph card. That's a great one. Victor Acosta. Lean it down a little bit further. There you go. Victor Acosta. Autographed San Diego Padres card. We have a numbered Javi Baez. Oh, God damn. I didn't know that was a numbered one. Yep. Right. 140 out of 250 when he was with the Mets. He's now with Detroit. And all the people have to do, share any clip, any whatever from the show, right? Yep. And then tweet at us or share whatever you're on. Just let us know which card you want, basically. With your share, yeah, the player's name. Yeah. Yep. This is a Colton Cowser Baltimore Orioles card. That's a burner too, right? Yeah. It's a burner. Then we have Cornell Powell. That tilted again. There we go. Cornell Ooh, Powell refractor. Clemson card. This is a refractor. He is now with Kansas City as one of their top options. He's got a decent quarterback there to throw him the ball. He does. Yeah, he's all right. Like I said before, we've got that Vlad Guerrero card. Love that. The Mike Trout burner refractor card. That's so that thing is awesome. 
And then we have... I'm going to make a burner Facebook account just so I can get in the running. Our Jared Kalenic Future Seattle Mariners card. So like Gabe said, any of the cards that you just saw me go through, all you have to do is go to your respective social media accounts where we will have this posted. Like, share, and comment the card you would like to win. Next week, your name will be put in a bowl and we will draw at random to give one of these cards away. There's unlimited entry. So if you'd like to share this with your friends or enter on multiple platforms, you can do so. We just want to give the stuff away to you. Whoops. And then this, sorry, I screwed up there, but this card you guys can't have. I just want to show <laughs> it off. It's a th 1959 Three Stooges card. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Great show, guys. All right. Well, make sure you guys join us next week. We will have a truncated version of our show ahead of the draft spectacular party special. Yeah. We'll be on the air for about an hour. Yeah. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. And then we'll mm -hmm. see you back here for the draft party. What time are we going to start the draft party? Draft starts at 7? 7.15, 7.20, 7-ish. We'll be live 7-ish. We'll be kind of putting uh, finishing touches on our on uh, the on prep the and everything at about 7 and, and coming to you guys right after that. Yeah, we, we run on a Mike Mensing-style schedule here, so if I tell at you we're least going four live, minutes at least late. four minutes late. So, uh, as always, so glad to have you guys with us for another week of Glass Half Sports Talk. Uh, anything for the fans before we get going, Mike? Uh, I wanted to just thank everybody who was with us today. Bingo. We look forward to seeing you next week and make sure to grab uh, two or three friends as well. Yeah. Go ahead and join us for the draft. Excited to uh, be able to interact with all of you. As always, stay safe, stay warm, which is a little bit easier in this weather, and take care. I thought you were going to say, like, goodbye. I would like <laughs> one more word. And goodbye. There we Yay! go. <laughs> Uh. NBC, no relation to NBC.